you know, nothing's ever permanent and what you choose to do can is is good for you, you do. I think we put too much emphasis on what other people think and what we talked about when you declare that you're going to go down one route and then don't go down that route and then you feel bad and you feel terrible. And the reality is we grow and change all the time. And what suits you one day will not suit you another day. Um, I think it's important to understand that you've got to, we talk, I know I talked about that self-compassion is allowing yourself and giving permission to yourself to experiment but understand, like you touched on Pan earlier, is you can always go back if you really want to. And it's not a failure. This is Stories for the Future, a podcast on a mission to get you excited and optimistic about the future full of fantastic opportunities. My name is Veslemoy Klavnesberge, and I am trying to figure out how we can all live good lives, have exciting jobs, and at the same time, take good care of the planet and everyone living here. I want to unlock the superpowers of everyday people so that together we can co-create a future we're all excited about. So come join me. The future is up to us, and I know we can make it a good one. Hello, hello, people, and welcome back to another episode of Stories for the Future. I want to tell you that I have found this new community of fantastically interesting and very nice people. And I suspect that you will see this community community as a red thread in many upcoming episodes. I'm talking about the Portfolio Collective. And if you listened to my last episode with Joanne Thurlow, you will have heard me mention it then. My second guest coming from the Portfolio Collective is Janice Chan. Janice's career path has a lot of similarities to my own. And I guess that is one of the reasons I find this conversation so interesting. She used to work in oil and gas, and she has more than 15 years behind her from different engineering and management roles. She then had a number of external factors leading her to take a step back and evaluate what she really wanted to do. She is now working as a leadership coach with people in hyper-growth organizations, as well as private clients, including small business owners and senior managers. I enjoyed so many things with this conversation. But what really stood out for me is what I have put at the very beginning of this episode. And that is this, that we should all allow ourselves to experiment and that it is always possible to go back without feeling like a failure. We should not put so much emphasis on what other people think. And at the end of the day, what matters is that you do what is right for you at that moment in time. Nothing is permanent, and that is okay. So with that, here is leadership coach, mechanical engineer, project project manager, and portfolio professional, Janice Chan. Enjoy. So hi, Janice, and welcome so much to Stories for the Future. Hi, thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm so happy that you had the time 
to be my guest on uh, on my podcast. And you are actually my second guest uh, coming from this fantastic community called the Portfolio Collective. And uh, we are we will come back to that because I'm sourcing so many great guests from this community. So we have to talk about it. Okay. Um, but first, we need a little bit of background on you, Janice. So who are you? Just first, just the basics. And then we will go deeper after that. Okay. I'm Janice. Um, I live in London, although I'm originally from the northeast of England. My background um, is engineering, and obviously we bonded over the fact that we worked in the oil and gas sector. So that's my background. And at the moment, I'm working as a coach. So it's a bit of a change. Yes, it is. And we will come back to that a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Because as you know, uh, I think you may know that I'm especially interested in these transitions and Mm. why we change course at different Mm -hmm. points in our lives and Mm -hmm. why we do it. Uh, And for Mm. me, this interest started, I think, due to my own career change um, Mm -hmm. some years ago. But I have also found that uh, we can't can't really fence it in to only be about work because Mm. it affects so many other parts of our lives because we spend so much time at work and also Mm -hmm. the other way around when we have a major life-changing event or a a coconut moment as I call it uh, it Mm -hmm. can also affect the way that we uh, look Mm. at our work Um, so uh, I know that as you mentioned we have kind of similar uh, career trajectory you have worked in oil and gas also in Norway actually so we could have (laughs) bumped into each other at some point Um, and but at some time, at some point, you made a shift. Uh, mm. So, could you take us through that that whole journey, like from mm. where you started out, and mm-hmm. uh, and also why did you start there, and mm. why did you shift, and what are you doing today? I guess if I go way back to you know why I started where I started, that's quite an interesting story to start with. I think. Mm. Um, I, when I was at school, I was just very good with sciences and I was always interested in business, but I can never decide which route to go down because at school they always make you choose. Mm. And actually it was a physics teacher that mentioned engineering um, very early on, but I also was fascinated after um, going to Florida with my family we went to visit um, the Kennedy Space Centre. So I was just fascinated with space mm. and astronautics. Um, so at that point, it, it clicked in my head. I was like, okay, then I need to be an engineer. Mm. Um, so I guess it was, you know, your typical kid's uh, dream to be an astronaut in some way. Yeah. Um, but obviously I kind of, I'm quite pragmatic. So, you know, looking deeper into it, I was like, okay, maybe I can't, necessarily be an astronaut per se but I still love how things work I still love the science and just quick research I realized actually I could go into business if I wanted to after an engineering degree um I didn't have to box myself into one thing Mm. so I found it a very versatile versatile degree and thought right okay this is where I'm gonna go and 
I actually started in the defense industry. Um, so when I was at university, we're always kind of taught to work summer jobs, especially in engineering, if you can, just to get that experience for when you graduate. And I was lucky enough to get into a summer placement with Rolls-Royce. Mm. So I started off in the Marine Group in Rolls-Royce. Um, after that summer placement, they sponsored my final year, and I actually started as a graduate with Rolls-Royce. So I worked in Naval Marine Group, Marine Group of Rolls Royce of yesterday because uh, they don't or they don't have that group anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's where I started, and it was one particular project I worked on, which was a submarine rescue, mm-hmm. which then eventually led me to oil and gas randomly. Yeah, um, through submarine rescue, I got in touch with another company that I was interfacing with. It happened to be a company that was oil and gas and one of the first companies I work with. And I already had a few friends working there. And yeah, I made that transition. I I ended up moving from defense to oil and gas very, very early on. Mm. Um, and I guess what drew me to oil and gas was a typical mechanical engineer that I am. I like big things. <laughs> and I like to see things, you know, um, Engineers like to be more pragmatic, so I needed to see the the kind of fruits of my labour mm. and see the feedback. So that's why I started in oil and gas, and that's how I that's the direction I started with. And that was all intents and purposes. That was where I was supposed to be is is engineering in oil and gas. Did you enjoy it? I did enjoy. It. I mean, I love the kind of offshore aspect. Mm-hmm. So for me, it was very important to see a feedback loop, which in defense, your feedback loop is probably 20 years for a project. Um, Whereas in oil and gas, it was very quick Mm. and it was very demanding and very challenging. I love the problem solving. I love complex problems. And I just found it really interesting when we delve into more deeper waters, especially. Um, And that's what I ended up working in, in more specializing in deep water subsea construction um and yeah I just found that kind of that challenge helps and the variety in that area helps um as all engineers will tell you your your days change depending on where you are in the project um what you're doing specifically in the project versus what other people are doing so I I really enjoyed the variety and I enjoyed um, being in the office and going offshore and seeing clients and seeing subcontractors I like that variety mm. um, so that's yeah I guess that's the most enjoyable part was the variety I've always been that person I don't like to be doing one thing all of the time yeah so 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 did you uh, because at some point you you made a shift uh, mm. but did you b- before this uh thing that happened that made you change your direction Mm -hmm. did you ever Mm -hmm. think uh, that uh, you would do something else or did that uh... yeah it's funny if you speak to my friends they always I always thought I would do something else it's very strange because I I always had to be doing something else as well so although I was working in that job I'd always be studying on the side or I had lots of interests on the side I also play a lot of sport so I'm not someone who likes to kind of stay still mm. um so my friends 
always thought I would leave and do something else. And, you know, as, as being an adult happens, you just kind of continue and continue and continue. Um, And it wasn't really um, until, um, I guess, kind of a personal bereavement. So when I, I lost my dad very, very uh, quickly um, a few years back. Um, so that kind of served as a reset of my life generally. Mm. Um, that was kind of the starting point. That was the catalyst. I'd already decided that I was leaving to do a master's. And then I actually started on that master's. And that's when he became ill. Mm-hmm. And um, sadly, he passed away maybe nine weeks later. So I dropped out of that master's completely. And that that time out was really where... I had the first time in my life where I had a bit of a break, yeah. a proper break and time for myself to think about it instead of jumping from one one company to another, one mm. um, job to another. So that was the first break I've ever really had um, in my adult life. Mm. So I was in my mid-30s at that point. Um, and then, strangely, six months later, I myself was ill. So I was diagnosed with quite a rare cancer and it was quite sudden, um, obviously quite a turmoil, Mm. kind of tumultuous time for my, my family and my friends in general. Um, I was still kind of part in kind of grieving, but also then I was faced with having to deal with my own, um, illness. Um, so that really, well, my focus then was, wasn't about work at all. It was actually just about getting through this illness and surgery um so yeah I think that that gap there those I had a gap there where I reset and really thought about what what things I enjoy what things I don't enjoy what do I want from my life Mm. in general and I knew it was never going to be a a straight answer um and an easy answer in any way but I kind of that's actually when the my first connection with coaching happened as well mm. did you did you have a coach yourself so what happened was so I'm a member of the mechanical engineering institution mm. and they offered a support service where they offered a career coach um so I actually took that on and had a career coach for a number of weeks and we worked together and I just found it really helpful. It was just useful to see um, another another way. Um, she helped me kind of really define the the practical things of every day that I liked, uh, what I enjoyed, what I didn't enjoy, and it really kind of switched my way of thinking mm-hmm. quite quickly. Although I've always wanted to kind of do other things it kind of opened up the possibility of doing other things and it could be, you know, adjacent to the type of engineering I've been doing, or it could be completely different. Um, so that was my first experience of coaching. Um, and I also realized kind of my leadership style generally when I have, have been in engineering, I've never been the person to kind of keep somebody in the company if they weren't happy. Mm. so if anyone has ever come to me and asked for questions ask for opinions being mentored 
I've been very open and honest and I'm much rather someone be happy doing what they're doing and get the most out of life in general. Um, so yeah, I found coaching was quite aligned to kind of my style of working as, as a leader as well. So, so this happened. Um, and then as life goes, I went back into engineering, <laughs> of course. <laughs> Um, just because it's just, you know, it, it, it just so happened that, um, somebody had, had uh, kind of approached me with a specific project and wanted me to come back to this. I was like, okay, fine. I will go back. Mm. Um, but I mean, I did, exp- in that, that time out, I did explore a few different things. Um, I did explore the tech industry. Um, I was offered a couple of roles in that area, but weren't quite right at the time. And after quite a long bout of illness and time away from the workforce, I needed something that was familiar. Mm. So naturally the the engineering job went out and I went back into oil and gas. I think that this is very interesting because it shows that uh, like a transition, it has doesn't have to be a certain way. It doesn't have to mm. be abrupt or from this to that. And mm. overnight it can be very gradual mm. and you can also mm. go... Uh, both directions you can go back mm. you can have some projects mm. there again and then you can continue your your other uh path as well uh mm. so yes and it 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 very much speaks to what i'm always talking about but i often forget that things are not black and white it's not mm. uh, because for myself i i decided at one point that no i will never go back to, mm-hmm. to oil and gas and I still say that but I, <laughs> I I started thinking the other day that uh, maybe I shouldn't say that anymore because mm-hmm. uh, oil and gas is developing uh, they mm-hmm. are moving in another direction and mm-hmm. uh, y- you shouldn't actually shut mm-hmm. those doors completely mm-hmm. uh, for mm-hmm. yourself so I think it's very interesting to hear this mm-hmm. uh, story yeah, I think things are never linear. And obviously that was kind of my first kind of break. And at that point, I knew that at some point I probably would go out with oil and gas again, which I have now. Um, but yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't have to be linear. It doesn't mm-hmm. have to be an abrupt change. It doesn't have to be overnight. I know a lot of people would prefer if it was overnight. Mm. But what I believe, especially for late career changes, is... To not put, you know, have a little bit of self-compassion and not put all that mm. pressure on yourself to, you must make whatever success means to you, make a success of this next thing. Yes. Because, you know, we don't, we've already kind of lived a very, if, if anyone like yourself and I have gone through a very traditional linear route of mm. studying university and then going into a profession. I don't think that is necessarily the only way. Um, I think we neglect to learn to experiment. Mm. You know, when you're a child, if you ask a child every six months what they wanted to be when they grew up, it probably would have changed depending on what they were watching or what they were interested in. And I kind of feel like we should come back to that as an adult and understand that all it's, you know, there is no timeline to it Mm. in terms of you don't have to be at a certain point in your life um, and have everything sorted by the time you're 30. It just no. doesn't happen. No. 
and and you know the older I get I'm like well I don't know when I'm ever going to get anything sorted no. <laughs> Same. Yeah. so I, I kind of feel like we need to remember to experiment and to have a little bit of self-compassion and, and learn from everything that we do and it's interesting you bring up the fact that you know you cope you always say don't um I don't want to go back into oil gas mm. ever and I've I think that's one of the biggest learnings of for me in the last 18 months, certainly, and kind of get last six years, I guess, on a larger scale is never say never. Mm. And also these kind of absolute ways of thinking mm. can really limit yourself yep. sometimes. You then get less creative. Um, that kind of, we talk about growth mindset and fixed mindset mm. but I didn't realize how much of a fixed mindset I did have because yes. not only am I very logical typical logical engineer way of thinking um but I didn't really fully embody what growth mindset was mm. um I understood cognitively what a, a growth mindset was mm. but I actually had a very fixed mindset because I thought okay if I if I go away and change direction and make this plan I must execute this plan mm. and this is the way it's going to be that's it yes neglecting the fact that I grow and change and the world grows and change around me as well mm. and we're always going to be you know faced with different decisions and changing our minds and just embrace that uncertainty on a much larger scale strangely you know mm. working in projects I'm so used to the ambiguity but in life I think to kind of especially going forward in the world of work uncertainty is probably the one thing that we're going to have to live with mm. and obviously the pandemic has been a, a major catalyst in that and um, we don't know what the world of work is going to be like in the next few years no. but actually it's quite exciting it is um yeah. it, it is it me allows you and gives you an opportunity um, to think creatively, which sometimes I think when we're so used to doing one thing, going into a job, nine to five, Monday to Friday, we forget to kind of look in other lanes and look at the bigger picture. Mm. Um, so there's, yeah, there's lots of learning in the last few years and I'm, I'm hoping I'll continue and grow with that. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's strange to say, never go back to oil and gas yeah. <laughs> you know but like you said is there's a redirection into renewables in the oil and gas it industry is. yes and i think that will be quite exciting in the next few years absolutely um i i was thinking uh do you do you think that um you had this you had this uh things happening in your life like external mm. things happening to you do you think mm. that we we are able to change or uh, if without those events uh, or mm. do we tend to be, you mentioned that as an adult, life goes like it's comfortable, you just keep going. Mm. Mm -hmm. um, and I had a chat with uh, a good friend yesterday who said that, uh, no, I don't actually think that we're able to change if if we're not pushed in some, in some way because oh. it's... Uh, it's it's like this human um just stay safe uh if mm. you're comfortable enough then it's so easy to to just mm. keep going what do you think about that 
It's interesting because I guess the reality is as humans, we are on a, how our brains have evolved is, is to stay safe. Yes. Um, like your friend says, um, I don't know, because I think small moments can really change you. You know, it mm. could just be, you know, you could witness something, you could see something, you could see how people treat each other. You know, there's, there's lots of different ways that people can start thinking about their lives. And I think for me, yes, there's the larger kind of major changes in life um, that has been a catalyst to my change. Mm. Um, but I think if you're always learning about yourself and how you want to live in the world, there's, you know, you're, you're very capable of change all of the time. Mm. I don't believe we ever really stay still. I just don't think we have enough time to stop and really think about what we want to do and really listen to ourselves. Yes. And that, uh, the part you said about when you sat down, uh, and with your coach as well, did the mm. work, uh, figuring out what you actually like to do during mm. a day, what are mm -hmm. your values? Like what, mm -hmm. wh what do you really want to do? Why don't mm. we do that work? Uh, mm. earlier like for myself mm. I didn't do that until I was more than 40 when I mm. lost my my job and mm. just had to do some uh, some some work uh, internally mm -hmm. uh, mm. so shouldn't this be a, a something we do in the university at least and maybe yeah. earlier yeah I definitely think there's especially now um, with how complex the world is and the different challenges that the kind of our children will face mm. um, in the world that we need to give, uh, you know, offer a different toolkit to children mm. and young adults. Um, we talk about mental health, but actually we talk, should really be talking about who you want to be, not what you want to do. Mm. Um, who do you want to be as a person? You know, how do you want to spend your time? How would you like to be remembered? Um, those are the things that we don't really have too many kind of tools in our kind of toolboxes to really navigate, which I think more so children today have a lot more to deal with mm. and could do with elements of coaching um, and obviously working on mental health as well to bring them into adulthood. And I think we we're pressured into, uh, you know, we talked about linear way of thinking this, we've got to show children different ways as well. Yes. I think modeling different ways of working is something that needs to be seen by children. And it's not just one way. Um, and unfortunately we've grown up generation by generation of it's expected that you do well in school mm. and then you go to university and then you get a job and really I guess now we're having a bit of a transition where you see a lot of um, entrepreneurs and kids do see that and it's gone the other way um, with social media. But, you know, there's there's not just one or the other. There's a whole plethora of different ways of working yeah. and the fact that you don't have to be blocked into one thing, even if you choose it now, mm. it doesn't have to be forever. I mm. think that's that's the message, I think children really need to understand is it really doesn't matter um and I think over the summertime 
students get their GCSE results in the UK and A-level results in the UK. And it can be quite a, a traumatic time for some people. But the reality is we need to, you know, we need to tell and show our children that exam results when you're 16 do not define no. who you become as an adult no. and the legacy you leave behind and how people will remember you. No one remembers those things. Uh-huh. Um, and it's more about who you are as a person and how you choose to live your life is is more important. Yes, that is so important. And mm. as you say, uh, let them see the examples of different ways of uh, living and working. Mm. Uh, yes. So, so how did you how did you start exploring coaching for yourself mm. and the the mm. way that you are working today? How did you yeah. end up there? Yeah, I mean, I was pretty burnt out just before lockdown. Um, I was in a situation which I needed to get out of. It was quite toxic for me. I had actually come home like from my job in tears for several several months before um lockdown and yeah I was extremely burnt out I ended up being signed off work um and taking that time out and being outside and eventually just because of circumstances because of because of the pandemic um I was made redundant from that role which was something that I was secretly hoping for mm. for quite a few months. Um, and I knew I was going to take time out from that moment. And I also knew I needed some sort of coaching myself. So I thought, well, you know what? I don't know where this is going to take me. I need coaching. But in the meantime, I would also like to upskill in, in coaching myself. And, and see where it goes. And I didn't really have an end goal to it. I just knew that I wanted to do it. So it was a, a quick decision. And yeah, that started my huge personal development journey. And I really enjoyed it. And I didn't realize how much coaching of coaching that I really did enjoy. It encompassed a lot of um, not only kind of people skills, and that side, which you don't necessarily get a lot of time to work on, is in projects and engineering. Um, but I also love the element of like continuous learning because that mm. always been a continuous learner anyway. So that interest in the psychology of people and behavior that is interesting to me. And then you know, full circle, I now am a leadership coach. So using my experience of um, leading teams and being in that space of um, leading people and projects in general and bringing in that coaching element kind of suits me, um, kind of brings together interests that, you know, have come through my my whole life experience, I guess. Mm. Did this um, come come yeah. as a surprise uh, for you? Like with your, your, you mentioned earlier, you have this very engineering mindset and like mm. way of thinking that you would mm. actually enjoy coaching this much? Uh, or mm. uh, and, and have you found within coaching a certain direction within it that you mm. particularly like? Mm. Um, mm. 
I think there's, as always, there's lots of things I like about mm. coaching, um, much like everything else. I think for me, it was never, it wasn't too much of a surprise. I was a surprised in terms of how much I changed and grew with it in terms of the direction it would take me and how much I wanted coaching in my life. Um, because you, in coaching, you get to see changes in people. And I thought this was actually quite a rewarding kind of way of living mm. and how to spend your time. Um, and yeah, I, I find that fascinating. I, I believe in people and I, you know, want the best for everyone. I'm generally quite a positive person. So I guess that kind of aligned with who I am and what I want to see um, and the people around me. I always, I like to see people growing. I like people seeing, I like to see people doing well. Um, so I was drawn to that. I guess in terms of the, I didn't expect coaching to change me this way. Mm. And I think that's, when it changed me and the personal development that I got from it, then I understood a little bit more that, okay, maybe this is, this is something that I wanted to do. I don't think it surprised me in terms of generally, because I was always interested in most things. Mm. And there was a time in my life I was going to switch to medicine. So oh. people, people have always interested me. Um, but I guess I've never taken the plunge to go into a more um, profession of helping until till this point. Mm. Um, I didn't realize how rewarding it would be as much as, you know, yeah. I love socializing. I love playing team sports and outside of work. That was always my life. I love being around other people. It was always interesting seeing what other people did. But I guess coaching allows you a glimpse into other people's lives mm. as well in some way. So, yeah, there's, it's a surprise element, but also not a surprise element. Mm. I think the, su the main surprise is how it changed me. I see. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, so you work with, um, hyper growth companies, um, uh, mm. with your coaching. So first of all, how do you define a hyper growth company? And how I read that you use, and you told me as well, you use AI in this work. So mm. how does this work? I'm really, really curious mm. about this. <laughs> So I do some associate coaching for a company that uses AI in coaching and it's called networked coaching. Um, so hyper growth companies to start with are, I guess, those startups that are gearing up for IPO. So okay. it's in that massive growth stage mm -hmm. where it's pretty much exponential. It's these people, mm. the companies that grow from very few personnel headcount to, you know, hundreds and thousands within months and years. Mm. Um, so it can be quite a, 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 well, yeah, it's, n it's not exactly a relaxing time no, for, I would, for these types I would of companies. <laughs> <laughs> so there's so lots of change. Yes. Um, so it's dealing with a lot of change, but it's dealing with lots of different people and personalities. And mm. of course it's about the change. How do you maintain values of a startup yes. when you're growing so quickly? Uh which is the main challenge. Um, and obviously there's the people challenge of other people externally being brought in, mm. um, kind of young leaders rapidly having to learn a lot and be in charge of mm. a lot of different people and a lot of different scope of work. So there's a lot of change happening in that time. 
Um, so this company that I actually do work for, um, we target hypergrowths and we, the company has kind of have ex- several years of experience and they have lots of data and they use AI in seeing cues from the client, which, you know, us just generally talking would not pick up. So there's little telltale signs mm-hmm. and um, the language that they use, how they say it, et cetera, et cetera. There's, there's, I mean, I don't go into the details. I don't know the, the details of the how and exactly all the AI works, but it takes several data points and, yeah, it takes that data and presents it back to the client. And as as all startups and hypergrowth are obsessed with data, that data is useful to them because it's a... yeah not just somebody telling them or not just somebody pointing out you do this or you said this. It's actual data that comes back to them, which means that they can either take it and majority of them to do take that data and understand that, okay, this is clearly evidence of something is happening here Mm. and they use it to kind of grow a lot quicker. Um, hmm. because it points out things that you would never have noticed. So interesting. So is this yeah. via uh, video and, and like audio recordings and pick up on different? Yeah, things? it's via video recording. Um, so we do all the, all the coaching sessions by video and mm. it's recorded and um, it's a particular platform as well. So there's a chat element to it as well. So the AI data is brought over from, it consolidates all of that, the video the audio, the um, the chat, and that interaction. So it picks up, yeah, it picks up um, the clients, um, the nuanced elements, which, you know, you and I may not pick up just by having a five, ten minute talk. Yeah. Um, so it's interesting. It's very, I just found that quite an interesting way of working. Um, I also have kind of more personal clients who kind of work in, in management but yeah, this this associate coaching is quite an interesting element of my day job mm. right now. Is is using that very you know it's very early days for that type of mm. research and that type of work and see where where it goes. Um, but I really enjoy working with hypergrowth companies as well mm. because those challenges can be quite similar. Yes, I can imagine. And just mm. uh, the the thing you mentioned, uh, growing from a small company, and you have mm. a specific culture, and then you need the people you bring on to adapt the same way mm-hmm. of thinking, and oh, yes. it's a challenge. Yes, yes, <laughs> absolutely. So um, we have to talk about the portfolio collective. Or, yes, you do. yes. <laughs> or TPC for short. Um, mm. So as I said, you're you're my second. Um, Second guest coming from this community, and I have a number of more people in mind for future episodes. So, mm-hmm. looking forward to that. That has kind of become my new source for interesting people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I found this um, this uh, community sometime during spring myself, mm-hmm. and it was mm-hmm. kind of a, a game changer for me because I mm-hmm. I realized I, I have always kind of felt a little bit guilty because I I like to work on 
more than one project at the same mm-hmm. time. And as a as an entrepreneur or um, working in this way, you always hear that you have to focus on one thing at a time. So I mm. felt kind of guilty. But then I found this group mm. of people who are so many things and have so mm. a variety of different projects uh, and mm-hmm. kind of find a way to to juggle them. So how did mm. you get involved with this community uh, yourself? Yeah, I stumbled across them early 2021. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I was in that break, I guess, um, break away from work and also wanted to understand where I was going to go, explore different options. Um, for me at that moment in time, I knew that I needed to do more than one thing. So I didn't want to go into another nine to five job. I didn't want to just upscale and then change industries. Um, so I've always known that a portfolio career is probably more suited to my, to my kind of values and way of living. Mm. So when it popped up, I literally, I think I did a Google on it. Yeah, me too. (laughs) And obviously it scores highly in Google uh, because of Ben. (laughs) Um, So Ben Legg is uh, one of the founders and he was previously a CTO for Google Europe. Isn't that right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so I have to correct myself there. Ben was not the CTO of Google Europe. He was the COO. One small letter, big difference. So it's, it's yeah, so it kind of came up high when I, I, I think I probably did put in portfolio careers. Mm. Um, how do we transition into a portfolio career? Exactly the same lines. as I did. This is very funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it I, I popped up and... I, you know, there's, they run a few kind of intro calls and I went, went along to a couple of them and met Ben, met Fiona, um, Lexi. And yeah, I thought it was a very interesting community. I think I knew from the outset because I'd been in one industry for so long in oil and gas that my network was quite limited. Mm. So where, whatever I moved into, I knew that I needed to expand my network first and foremost. First and foremost, um, so I thought that was actually a good way of um, starting. And to be honest, I wanted to speak to other people who had modelled different careers mm. as well. And Portfolio Collective kind of hit all those points. Um, and obviously, at the time, they ran and they still do run a, a version of the Catapult course, which helps people transition or at least look at what they can transition to. Um, so, yeah, I kind of then signed on to that as well mm. and took the catapult course. So, yeah, it was a, it was a quick Google. It's just yeah. <laughs> I found it by a quick Google um, randomly. But I've really enjoyed being part of that community and I've met yes. so many wonderful people and they've modelled different career paths, which is really why I didn't see, you know, I don't, when you're, in one career for so long Mm. you don't see enough different people and and different ways of working which which I really kind of found the value in was seeing these different paths of different people um Mm. I'm always interested in meeting new people so yeah it kind of met a lot of my networking objectives I guess and 
yeah, just a really lovely bunch of people. Yes. I think the entrepreneurship world or startup world as in general are very helpful. And that's another thing I really enjoyed about that community and, and networking at large is people are willing to help other people. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, great. This is more aligned with who I am. You know, I'm quite happy to answer questions and help other people. And people don't expect anything back. Mm. Um, you just want to see people do well. So, I, yeah, it's kind of it's quite a nice uh, transition away from um, a very corporate one way of thinking um, environment. Mm. I agree. Mm. And it's uh, especially the, the thing you say about seeing seeing different ways that people model their careers and that you can mm. like. I can't remember exactly, but I always mentioned it. This example of the woman who is uh, a circus artist and, and a lawyer and a sustainability yeah. consultant <laughs> or something like that. <laughs> I think that is so great that you can actually have all these uh-huh. different um, careers uh-huh. at the same time and uh, uh-huh. and find a way to to juggle it and balance it because that is, of course, the the challenge. Find a way uh-huh. to to just the practicalities of of uh, doing this in your week, mm. how many hours to set aside for this and how many hours for mm. that. So that's the part that I'm working at on at the moment in the catapult mm. course. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, but uh, it's it's I can't recommend this uh, community enough to all the people I, I meet. I think it's great. Mm-hmm. So I will put all the the links for this in the show notes. Um, yesterday we had a chat um, related to um, different thing that we're doing together. Uh, yeah. a, tra- a training. <laughs> I won't go into it because then time will fly. But it has to yeah. do with coaching <laughs> as well. Uh, but we we both did uh, this exercise, uh, mm. which I thought was just fantastic. I haven't done it this way before. I think you have, but it was mm-hmm. about imagining yourself as a older older woman at the end of your life mm-hmm. and having a, mm-hmm. a chat and get advice from yourself as an older woman um mm-hmm. and for me my my big takeaway was that when you look it look at it like that you get this this big picture and a very different mm-hmm. perspective and mm-hmm. what i was left with was don't sweat the small stuff <laughs> don't mm-hmm. let the, definitely the, the small things or that annoying person or that it rains for three weeks in a row it doesn't <laughs> matter <laughs> so don't use your energy on those things mm-hmm. um and also maybe most important don't care so much about what be don't be so afraid about what other mm-hmm. people think about what you mm. do. Uh, mm. So how how did you, that work for you? And what kind of advice did you get from yourself? Yeah, it's, a, it's an interesting exercise. Um, I had not done it in a while. And I, and similar to yourself, it is very much don't sweat the small stuff. I think this is something that I, I've known for quite a while and I kind of live by generally. Um, but what was important as I kind of, transition with careers and and change with you know creating a portfolio career was it doesn't really matter and you know nothing's ever permanent and what you choose to do can is is good for you you do 
Mm. I think we put too much emphasis on what other people think and yes. what we talked about when you declare that you're going to go down one route and then don't go down that yeah. route and then you feel bad and you feel terrible. Yes. And the reality is we grow and change all the time. Mm. And what suits you one day will not suit you another day. Um, I think it's important to understand that you've got to, we talk, I know I talked about that self-compassion is allowing yourself and giving permission to yourself to experiment. Mm. But understand, like you touched on Pan earlier, is you can always go back if you yeah. really want to. And it's not a failure because mm. at the end of the day, you're someone who's stepped out and tried to do something else. Um, and you can always do it again. Mm. Um, and it's, it's, you know, for most people, it won't be overnight whenever you transition careers, especially. Um, so yeah, it kind of my biggest learning and what my old, older, elder, wiser self told myself today was really, it all doesn't really matter. Mm. Mm. <laughs> you will get there yeah. and. If anything, you'll have way more interesting stories in life. Yes. <laughs> if you do many different things mm. and try many different things than to just jump into another career. Um, I think that can be quite, it's quite daunting for someone to kind of go from one, you know, two extreme careers and to make that transition very quickly. Um, and you don't know until you try no. at the end of the day. You don't. So you could jump into that second career and actually five years down the line, you kind of go, well, actually, this isn't for me either. Yeah. And that's okay. I kind of feel like we need to understand that the whole of life in some ways is a bit, a bit of an experiment. And mm. um, what's the point if you don't experiment? Yeah. <laughs> you know? At the end of my life, I don't want to be saying, oh, yeah, I just kind of did this. And, you know, I'm, I'm not to say that there isn't people out there who, do you love one career, but I think more and more so if you've got different options, if you're privileged to have those different options and you're not happy, then do do try other things. Mm. I think don't sit with that unhappiness and that uneasiness if you know you want to do something else. Yes. Um, so yeah, it's lots of different learnings from my wiser self, mm. but mainly is mainly is it doesn't really matter. Like whatever you're doing now, it doesn't matter. Just do it. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. I, I I have decided to to visit my my older self on a regular basis <laughs> to just <laughs> have a chat. So uh, and this is a very good pivot into one of my last questions, um, mm -hmm. which is also about the future. And okay. in my previous seasons, I have asked my guests to picture the future or the world in ten years from now. Mm -hmm. But then I mm -hmm. have I have shrunk this uh, time frame because I think we're kind of in a hurry with so many things so now I ask people how do you ideally see the world three years from now and I know that mm. three years is a very very short time but mm. it's 2025 ish uh, so mm -hmm. we need to have come some some um, somewhere further down the line by then mm. so, mm. so what do you hope for I hope for in in the world of work. I hope for this um, rebalance which has started, but I f I hope for a variety of ways of working for people, mm. and not just one. Um, we talk about going back to the office versus remote. I feel like people. I would hope in three years' time, people have the choice. Mm. 
and that there's obviously opportunities for companies to kind of make that happen as well in terms of starting up to create kind of this hybrid working for other companies, kind of um, how to um, bring teams together, et cetera. So I think there's a big opportunity as well for, you know, startups to kind of create this this new ecosystem that we can work in. Um, I hope for people generally to understand their own power. Mm. Um, over pandemic, we've, again, it's just been a huge catalyst for people to understand what they want and what they don't want. Mm. And to understand if you if you want to continue aligning with who you are, then, then stay with that. And obviously there's different limitations, but understand collectively we can move things quite quickly. Um like together instead of fighting against yes. these different ways of working. I kind of feel, you know, I guess employees have lot a lot more choice than they think they do because they can vote with their with their feet, they can walk out, they can create their own companies, they can have a portfolio of careers. Mm. I would hope in three years' time there's you know, we've already started on this movement. I feel like that will continue. And I'm hoping that we're gonna be a lot more accepting of these differences and a lot more accepting of different ways of working mm. as well as different jobs, I guess, as well. Um but yeah, that's three years can go by very quickly. Yes, and it can. But <laughs> we can do a lot in three years as well. So yeah, yeah. And I agree. The world is so full of opportunities and uh, mm. we just need to, to grab them and test and mm. experiment. Yeah. Yes. It's, you know, if we can create a vaccine in less than 18 months, we can yes. do a lot of things in the next three years. We if can. We all put our heads together. Absolutely. So this has been great. Uh, now, uh, if people want to get in touch with you, Janice, what's mm -hmm. the best way to reach you? At the moment, it's still LinkedIn. Yes. Um, very much in my transition for website. Um, but yeah, LinkedIn is the best way to, to kind of reach me. And yeah, I'm always happy to have a chat, always open to uh, discuss work or life in general. Mm -hmm. <laughs> And, and we can, of course, invite people into the portfolio uh, collective, and mm. uh, <laughs> then yeah. they can meet you there as well. Yeah, yes. yeah, definitely. So thank you oh. so much, um, and uh, I look forward to to staying connected in the future. And I'm sure yeah. we will have a lot of interesting chats going forward. Yeah. No. Thank you. Thank you for asking me to uh, appear on here. Thank you. Thanks for having me. If there's one thing I really, really want you to remember from what Janice said, it is this. Go out and try different things. You will have way more interesting stories from your life. And who knows what they will enjoy the most if they don't test it. We have this one life, at least this version of it. So make it count and don't sweat the small stuff. And I really would absolutely encourage you to check in with your older, wiser self from time to time. It can definitely help you see the bigger picture. As always, you can find all the links and information in the show notes and at storiesforthefuture.no. Until next time, have a great week and I will talk to you soon.